and welcome to Cinedrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, joined by Nathan. Hey! And Elizabeth. Hey. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, so this is uh, already our second part of our animated feature bracket, uh, so we're already several drinks in. Yeah, we're, we're sipping on our Owl's Brew, and we're ready to go with the... Disney Renaissance. Ah, oui, oui. Uh, for us, that's starting in 1989 with The Little Mermaid, which is sort of where Disney had this incredible string of hits and animation. It also was when we were children ourselves, so these were sort of the first movies yeah, that I remember pivotal. seeing in movie theaters and, um, and, and all that jazz, which is not an animated Disney movie and will not appear in this bracket. Unfortunately, God. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's anyway, incredible. Um, that is neither right. here nor there. Let just us... to recap, quick, uh, oh, yeah. if if you don't recall from part one or mm. from the website, uh, so in the past we have seeded based on you know release date or objectively, subjectively, um, box office receipts. Uh, this we sort of went from a full list for like for example for this one Disney Renaissance any film that Disney proper released. From The Little Mermaid up until now. 2000. We stopped at 2000. No, 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 we went all the way through. We did all the way through Frozen, or I guess Big Hero 6. Um, uh, the three I of us secretly... It wasn't. Uh, uh, we secretly ranked them um, one through eight and then assigned them points, and that's how we came up with the eight, and now we're just going to pull them from the... Red mixing. So sorry, bowl. bye, Pocahontas. You didn't make it. No. I know. And I floating know. off with the colors of the wind. And I think I maybe mentioned this at some other point on a podcast, but when I was younger, there there was this magazine called Disney Adventures. Maybe it of still course. exists. But Probably does. I used to get it, and my um, two older brothers, who are total fuck faces. <laughs> <laughs> So much Mini for the animated too. bracket being a family-friendly podcast. They, Not only a F-bomb, but to describe your they, own family. There was a quiz, a Disney quiz, like, which Pocahontas character are you? And they gave me the quiz without really showing me what was actually on the page. And they, like, rigged it so that I would come out as Grandmother Willow. And then they made fun of me for years. I think you're but you know what? probably misremembering. You probably would have no, accurately you know what? I am, today, I am a proud gay man, and I embrace Grandmother Willow. I would totally be Miko. I loved Miko. I would be, Flip. I don't remember because that movie was boring. <laughs> yeah, I would it be, didn't I make our, let's not waste more time on that I would have sent Pocahontas and John Smith. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying. Bambi back on the boat. <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. Fresh off the boat. That's Bambi in a nutshell. <laughs> if you want to... I don't either. But let okay. us... Our first if you want to know what we're drinking, listen to part one. I'm not going to waste any more breath on Owl's Brew because they haven't sent their check. <laughs> we graciously... Ask them to be the sponsor. This we is not true. We haven't in no way contacted them. I'm kidding. They're great. We love them. We didn't contact them at all. Um, anyway, okay. I'm going to pull the first two 
of our Disney Renaissance. What do we got? Number one is The Emperor's New Groove. Ah. Number two, Mulan. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, that's a really oh, hard matchup. This is, you know, I've yeah. said it before, and I'll say it again. This is rubbish versus refuse. What? Oh, this is... This is the opposite of why it's difficult for me. It's, they're also kind of similar. They're like yeah. the like trough of the Disney Renaissance. Like, yeah. Exactly. Rubbish versus rubbish. No, but they're they're pretty great. But Emperor's New Groove is hilarious. Oh, um, Speaking hysterical. of terrific villains, Eartha Kitt. I mean, it does get like two points docked for having David Spade as the lead character's voice. He's good, though. It fits. Well, he's refuse, though. <laughs> Just as a person. That's right, I said it. <laughs> this podcast is getting controversial. David Spade, refuse. I dare you to tweet us, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and as a kid, I never really cared that much. I mean, like, I thought Mulan was fine. Who doesn't love my reflection or whatever that name of that song is? It's reflection. Okay. <laughs> I believe. Sure. Or me reflect. Um, but we just rewatched Mulan, and I was really impressed by it. It's a great movie, and I was struck by, especially of all the like, even the in the Disney Renaissance, her story is in like never motivated by getting the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like when she saves him at various points, it never feels like she's saving him because she is in love with him. She's saving him because he's part of her team and then as she does it she starts to realize like oh gosh maybe I have feelings for him but in a way that feels like sort of real and natural in a way that doesn't usually happen in like Disney princess movies yeah um she's just such a great heroine actually and it's really funny I think I'm going Mulan though because yeah because it's an amazing female lead yeah, this is tough. I, and it has some great music. Right. I and think the music from Mulan is certainly better. And with this Disney Renaissance, a lot of them work so well because they're such killer music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love Mushu. I love, you know, the little grasshopper. I love all I love of the, the other various team members, too. Like the big bald guy. Oh, sure. The, the, Har- the one voiced by Harvey Firestein. Yes. <laughs> of course, let's cast Harvey Firestein as a... An Asian character. Um, <laughs> and I love the opening with the please bring honor to us. And then, of course, yeah. the I'll make a man out of you is amazing. Yeah. But uh, narrowly, I have to go with Emperor's New Groove, which the plot of the movie, whatever, it's all down to Eartha Kit as Isma. And her sidekick. And yeah, Kronk. Kronk, yeah. What's his name? Putty from Seinfeld. Um, just like uh, everything, everything about it. No, I mean I remember watching that movie in high school with my friend Vanessa Holstie. Um, Woo! Shout out who randomly roomed with Max. BFF Marie. Childhood BFF. Yeah. yeah. In college. Anyway, um, but. I remember us watching it in high school and like being really shocked by how funny and terrific Emperor's New Groove is. 
So they're both really good, but I'm totally. still sticking with Mulan. You're the tiebreaker. You do not care for these movies as much as we do, so what do you choose? Well, I did study abroad in Peru mm-hmm. and was based in Cusco, and there's a character named Cusco, and so when you're deciding between trash and garbage and rubbish and refuse, that's <laughs> as good of a reason as any to vote for the Emperor's New Groove. But wow. I, I do think, I did watch Mulan recently for the first time. Oh, and that's right. It is good. Yeah. But uh, I don't really like either of these movies, to be totally honest. Um, yeah, they don't work as well as some of the classics. I think they're both just messy. A little bit. Well, yeah. The Emperor's New Groove is messy. Mulan yeah. is just kind of... Bleh. Especially, I was so fascinated. There's a, I think it's... I forget the name of it. I want to say it's Empire of the Sun, but of course it's not that. There's a documentary that was... Sting did some of the music for Emperor's New Groove, and his wife, Trudy Seiler, made this documentary while they were filming it. It's kind of about the process. You know, there's so many different creative people involved in making an animated film that takes years. Right. And it used to be this totally different movie that was much more serious about, like, this empire. Sort of like the Mayans or the Aztecs or something like that. And the Incas, but yeah, Incas, sure, but or something. I mean, <laughs> at it was, least it was kind if of it's historically an, accurate. It they're the Incas. same. <laughs> it, it was. I, I mean, it was like a miss. I don't think it was. It meant was a to mixture. Be. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. I think it was like a made-up thing. I could be wrong, um, but it's just kind of fascinating I that all Disney of that made documentaries mostly. But okay, <laughs> it's just fascinating that all of that ended up leading with leading to the Emperor's New Groove, which is just kind of like a sitcommy. And it's not just because it's David Spade. It's this, like, really... <laughs> like, body of, switch. Right. Like, random contemporary humor. Yeah. Oh, and I'm so pissed, too. There was a song that Eartha Kitt had that they ended up cutting, but it's so good. How would you cut it? I know. I think, How would you do that? To be honest, Eartha Kitt is what puts it over the edge yeah. for me. Yeah, no, totally. And also the kind of wacky factor yeah. Yeah, that it's you're alluding to is what gives it more interest. Right. It has like a personality that's really specific that a lot of other Disney movies right. don't because they're so But we can move on from the landfill now. And, <laughs> uh, what's the next? <laughs> Not a landfill. Uh, a let's landfill. go to Agrabah. We've got Aladdin versus oh no, the Lion King. Oh yikes. Oh no. Whoa. See now these are like our prime childhood. Well, I I don't have to start, but I know what I'm voting for. Then go. So I do too. For sure, Aladdin. Um, not that it's an easy choice, but I already kind of had to think about this when we ranked the movies. Um, I think Jasmine. That's where it's at. Jasmine and the genie. Those two characters. I was obsessed with. Why Jasmine? Because I wanted to be her. Okay. And the genie <laughs> Very was... midriff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted that to show smaller, my belly. That is smaller. Your waist that is smaller oh. than your neck. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That was me. <laughs> um, and I think The Lion King, I, to, I'm going to be completely honest, there's probably some element of me rebelling against the critics who have maybe acclaimed The Lion King a bit more than Aladdin. 
seems a little um, more serious. Exactly. Yeah. And it had the whole second release in theaters, which was kind of, I don't know if it was unprecedented at the time, but it was successful for sure. Um, that was interesting. But no, Aladdin, that's where my heart lies. I, my heart might lie with Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin, which is genius, but, uh... <laughs> Get out! Yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, I, I think as serious and critically acclaimed as The Lion King is, because it's like this Shakespearean epic thing, I still... It's genuine, Yeah, I genuinely love all of those characters. Just They're great. The, even the middle section, which might not work in other films with Timon and Pumbaa, and he's off. Akuna matata it it works for me. I love Scar. Jeremy Irons is such a great. I mean, again, like voice. top maybe three Disney villain voice performances. Yeah. I would say. I and I love the Elton John music. I love Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Yeah, just can't wait to be king. Be prepared. Lion King, it is for me. Break the tie, Briz. Yeah, I mean, I like Aladdin and. All of these, you know, we talked about the music. I could sing the music from probably most of the eight in this in this bracket. For sure. That's, like, what defines the Disney renaissance. Totally. Basically. Yeah. Um, which is why those are all the ones that have been transferred into Broadway plays, into mm-hmm. Broadway musicals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, beyond the Hamlet of, the all, of it all, which is, like, clearly <laughs> my jam... The Lion King is so good. I mean, I just recently was visiting our friend Nora, and we definitely, like, on the freeway in L.A., were singing I Just Can't Wait to Be King, and I was, like, <laughs> doing my best Zazu impression. And, you I know. see you as a Zazu in Thank real you. life. Thank you. I like to think that I'm very toucan. <laughs> what is he? I don't know. I think so. Um, yeah, I love The Lion King. So, yeah. that's my vote. I know I voted the other way, but I... I used to sing along to Can You Feel the Love Tonight mm-hmm. Also, over and over and over and over again. Maybe actually my favorite, now as an adult, my favorite song from that is Be Prepared. Yeah. Mm. With Jeremy Irons and the hyenas, and it's mm. in the cave, and all the like flames going up. and is, It's an amazing song. I'm going to regret asking Rafiki. this. Is Whoopi one of mm-hmm. the hyenas? Oh, and Cheech okay, Marin. Mm-hmm. Is another really? one. And then really? the third is who knows. <laughs> eh. I want to say it's John Leguizamo. I think it's, maybe no, it's just because like he a, looks it's like, like a hyena. It's no, like a prolific voice actor. It's okay. Cody Horn. <laughs> <laughs> From Magic Mike. Naturally. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good old Cody. <laughs> anyway. All right, so Lion King moves on, although I do really like Aladdin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels less substantive. Substantive. Oh, Dear me. It is, I would just like to say, it is 1.49 a.m. that we are recording this. Naturally. That's when most people are discussing animated features. Five o'clock somewhere. Next, we have Hercules versus Tangled. Oh, my Ooh, this seems like a good matchup, actually. It does, though I'm already upset by what our last two are and that we have to pit them against each other so early. I don't know about this one. Okay, well, I'll go first on this one. I think Hercules has amazing music, but I honestly could tell you not a whole lot about the movie, 
And I remember when the movie came out, I was super into actual Greek mythology and read tons about it and was super, super into it. And they totally change it all and Disneyfy it all for the movie. And I remember being really irritated by that. Um, Tangled, I think, is a great contemporary uh, princess princess tale. movie. Like yeah. it, she's empowered in a way that they aren't in past ones. Like she's very much an agent of her own life. Um, she has a lot of agency, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I said it very strangely. <laughs> Agent of her whole life. Oh, dear. Um, it also has a great villain voice performance. Donna Murphy. Uh, Donna Murphy, yeah. who Mother I Hawthorne. love her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the music is actually really catchy. There are some great songs. And I love um, I love Mandy Moore's voice performance. And I also love... What's his name? Zachary, Zachary Levi. Levi. Yeah. And I love that character. He's so funny and you know, mm-hmm. they have great banter. Like it really works as like a rom-com. I wouldn't yep. even be opposed to putting that. So I think that one, just because it has like the rom-com elements and it's smart, but it's not so smart where it's trying to be so hip. Like it still manages to work in the earnest Disney of it all too. Versus like a Shrek where it's all like, dun dun, yep. pop culture. We're too sarcastic to take any of this movie. Like, it still plays the moments it needs to earnestly. It's just smart. Um, And Hercules, I could really only tell you about how amazing the music is. So, I'm going Tangled. Nathan? I have to be last on this category. Okay. (laughs) And I'll tell you why after, but you you have to go. Oh, God. This is... I... I think they're really well matched. Like they're both not the greatest. No. They have some good elements. I agree that Hercules has the better music, and I think that's why I'm gonna go with it. Fair enough. I think, and I think you know some of the points you brought up about Tangled also work for Hercules. I think Hercules and Megara have some similar kind of. And they might. I honestly banter, don't remember. Maybe. I don't really remember much of. I also don't really remember Tangled that well either, though. Well, seeing that one, I'm I'm biased. I mean, I know it's I, much more recent, but I babysat for two girls who loved it, so I've seen it multiple times. And I was also for both of these. It's also you know I'm such a Disney villain fan that mm-hmm. I'm kind of let down by both. I think you know the uh, James Woods as Hades and Hercules is a little more like trying to be comic relief yeah. almost for the adults kind of like he's sarcastic yeah. and and it works it does it's almost I, like the genie a little bit but yeah. in a, like trying to be the Dark villain in a way right yeah. and it, it kind of works and I like it um and Tangled there's something about I think it was just the music I didn't like Mother Gothel's song oh I love it Mother I'm knows best yeah I, I don't know I, it just wasn't but it might, I mean I think I love it mostly because of Donna Murphy's performance and right and, and I could great. listen to her and I did really like thing. All the, the characters of... Yeah. Is her name Rapunzel? Entangled? Okay, just just double check. And Flynn Rider. I liked Zachary Levi. Yeah. But I think it's just the music. Go the distance and the... I guess they're not the fates, but like the the Greek chorus, yeah. basically. Zero to hero. And no, I, I mean, I agree. I prefer Hercules music. I love, love, love the I Want Sam and Love Megara yes. song. Yeah. But yeah, it's also both of them I... Like, plot-wise, I, other than the basic points, I don't really remember, but I'm narrowly going Hercules, you went tangled. Nathan, why are you going last? What is... Because what is... I have to... I can't pretend that I've seen Tangled. Oh. 
So I have to vote for Hercules. Oh, you should see it. And no, I I totally should. But I I think uh, one kind of important point is that this is partly a popularity contest, and the fact that I've seen Hercules and not Tangled is at least somewhat relevant. Except for Hercules came out when we were like in school. Exactly, but this is our right. No, totally, totally. Um, I'm just saying it's not really fair to like pit one against the other being like, well, I've seen. No, not these two specifically, but like, you know, this is a list of our generation. Totally, entangled is very much Um, more recent. Yeah, Yeah. but I didn't love Hercules. Whatever, I do like the music. Has some great, memorable songs. Okay, the last two are the Little Mermaid. You remember that once? Oh God! And um, Beauty and the Beast. I don't know. Really? I mean, these should be our final two. Well, no. I don't have to go first, but I can't. <laughs> Please do. You've seen both, yeah. <laughs> Actually, he's in both. Um, Beauty and the he's Beast scuttling. is maybe what year was that? Ninety-one. Okay, then for sure that's the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. Saw it a couple times. Um, And both of these are near the top for me, of course. But The Little Mermaid wins out slightly. I've always been a coastal coastal queen. (laughs) That is how I describe you to all my friends. Nathan, that coastal queen? Yeah. Um... I like the, the Dingleberry or whatever. The whole Dinglehopper. Dinglehopper. I mean, all of the songs. It just, uh, it's so subjective at this point. It's just what I like more. I want to be a mermaid. That's all. Yeah, yeah, this is tough for me. I have a lot of, a lot more nostalgic memories of Little Mermaid. I lived in Miami when it came out and for just a year and... My mom's oh, so mom. I'm oh, sure did. I was a coastal queen that year, my four-year-old self. Uh, and my mom's mom, my grandma had come out, and she took me to the movie, and then we owned it on VHS. And I remember like just vividly what the VHS package looked like, and like walking around that house when I was four with that package. Well, can I go before you go? Because now I'm nervous. Uh, well, no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, but yeah, so I associate all of that with it, but I think Beauty and the Beast is a better movie, and I like it better. They both have fantastic Alan Menken, Howard Ashman music that is yeah. like, these are like the best too. Like, it's unparalleled. It's crazy good. But I, I love just the French countryside of Beauty and the Beast, and Gaston and the Beast is such a complex character. It's such a classic fairy tale that Disney does really well. It's mm-hmm. they improved on any of the other classic fairy tales that they had done, you know, since Snow White and on. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think Little Mermaid has spectacular music mm-hmm. still. And I think Ursula is a fabulous drag queen and I oh, love yes, her. She is. God, she um is. I could watch the scene of her putting on the lipstick with the like yes. clam or whatever over and over and over. And I love just the girl. Such a great body language was my favorite movie quote for about 
15 yeah, years. Yeah, I mean... Life's full of tough choices. <laughs> and Damn I loved it. The Little Mermaid as a kid. I'm watching it now. I have some problems with it, specifically what little agency Ariel has. That she ends up being really unlikable through the whole thing. Which, again, going back to, like, the rom-coms when we were talking about Sleepless in Seattle. And I was like, I hate Meg Ryan in that movie. So I can't, like, I don't want that to win because I don't... And I sort of feel that way now about The Little Mermaid. But even if I didn't, even if I still had as much affection for Little Mermaid as I did as a child now. I remember it was Christmas and I was sick. I had been running a fever, and so the rest of my family had all been doing, like, my cousins and, you know, aunts and uncles and everyone had been doing fun things, and I was sick and running a fever, and my mom promised me that if my fever broke, she would take me to go see Beauty and the Beast, and I still remember this, and I must have, it was 1991, so I must have been six, and I remember my fever broke, and I remember going, just my mom and I, everyone else was off doing whatever crazy things, just my mom and I going and watching that movie, and like, I mean, I remember the experience of seeing it, starting with the stained glass window, and the, and yep, the opening prologue, oh, yeah. and the amazing, and the amazing music that underscores that whole, doo doo yep. like, I can was, hear it. Yeah, yep. it, I mean, that movie is no joke. Beauty and the Beast is in my top ten movies of all time. And I... And I love the Oak Bell, that song. Yes. It's such a it's such a musical, the it's whole thing. It's such a musical. She's such a great... I mean, it's, I remember even as a six-year-old being like, this is awesome, this, like, brunette girl who loves books. Because that was, you know, I loved books and was brunette. Right. it's so good I still watch it and it makes me cry and there's not even like a particular part that would make you cry there's just something about that movie and the power of its music and its story and they're both like power of love but Beauty and the Beast is a much better it feels more earned too it does for sure I mean there is I understand too like yes the Beast falls in love with her because she's pretty but not even that he's not nice to her when she's pretty he falls in love with her because she's kind to him and she's smart and she talks back to him and is strong like he also falls in love with her for her positive characteristics beyond just... It's certainly not a love at first sight in his case. You know what I mean? Like, there, it's... She's a person. She's a person, and sure. he's a person. It's also my favorite thing that Disney... Does, like, Little Mermaid has some great side characters that are, of course, animals, because that's, like, the world they're in. Right. Of, like, the sea and stuff, but... The Beauty and the Beast, those side characters are so rich, and they're like oh my gosh. teacups Lumiere, and Lumiere and Cogsworth, right? But then the wardrobe and right, it's so yeah. just it's magical. It's a really magic fairy tale that I think totally. works on a lot of levels. Gaston is such a terrific, terrific villain. Yeah. I mean, speaking of someone who obviously like talking about Toy Story in our previous one, I have and I, even from when I was young, sort of a negative response to sort of this hyper masculinity, and I love that. They make fun of it in that movie. Yeah. They make fun of that sort of toxic, preening masculinity, and it's <laughs> terrific. LaFou, I mean, his name is LaFou. Like, yeah, everything about them. And also speaking, you know, we talked about with Sleeping Beauty and just how beautiful the animation is. Sleeping Beauty is just, or Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast is just a beautiful looking film. Right, and this was like starting to like there are some computer generated right. backgrounds and stuff. Like the right. whole ballroom scene was kind right. of I remember that being like a big thing. Like, right. Ooh, look at this is like a computer and then they're I think they're hand drawn. Yes, the yeah. Beast and Belle on yeah. top of that. 
It's gorgeous and plus a hundred points for Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Potts. Oh, uh, plus my and another hundred points for Jerry Orbach as Lumiere. Everything. Everything. That's a, that's a good, good, and good proper. It's winner. interesting. Gaston is a good example of a villain who's also comic relief. Yes. But works as both. Yes. Right, and is complex. Like he's not just totally someone to hate. Well, no. at least I don't think so. No, I yeah, because you, you kind of understand why, and he why he's the a product he of his society. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have it narrowed down to four. Let us narrow it to two in the Disney Renaissance bracket. We have the Lion King versus oh no, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is one and two for me. Yeah, me too. Especially of the four that we. We have, uh, but I think just probably because we were just discussing it so much, I'm kind of in love with it. I'm going to stick with Beauty and the Beast. I have to go Beauty and the Beast because, like I said, it's in my top ten of all time. I for sure would say Beauty and the Beast. All right. Beauty and the Beast, it is. <laughs> That's the funny thing about these brackets is that you end up with these, like... And now we have Hercules. <laughs> yes, yeah, and on things our, that make our it. other... <laughs> What makes it to our finals, Hercules, Hercules or the Emperor's New Groove? Does it matter? <laughs> For this, it's more like Eartha Kitt versus Amazing Music, because that's pretty much the selling point of both. I go with Eartha Kitt. I go with Eartha Kitt. I go with Eartha Kitt. <laughs> okay, good. I feel like we, we agreed on this bracket. It was a, some tough matchups just due to random chance and pulling from the yeah. mixing bowl, but I think we'll have the same winner. Is I mean, it Emperor's New Groove or Beauty and the Beast? No, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. All right, Beauty and the Beast. I feel like that's a worthy that's winner. That's a deserving, yeah. It is for our Disney Renaissance bracket. Right. Moving on, our apologies to Ariel, but <laughs> otherwise, doesn't she die in the actual fairy tale? She does. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean fairy that's obviously. Are, I'm yeah. just right. asking, just for my sake. All right, so we have our final bracket, which is um, non-Disney animated movies. And this ended up being a real hodgepodge yeah. because you have... Smorgasbord. <laughs> you have the Studio Ghibli, Ghibli films. You Ghibli? Have, yeah, is that the Japanese? Japanese. Oh. Hayao Miyazaki. Is. Okay, I know Miyazaki. I don't know Ghibli. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've got more adult fare. You have... You yeah. know, DreamWorks animated films, really any Don Bluth, anything Some that's stop not motion, Disney. Yeah. Tim Burton. Yeah, I mean, there's... Disney has such a well now that they own Pixar as well. Disney and Pixar have just a monopoly. A monopoly, such domination in the animation field. I'm surprised animation there hasn't been domination. a monopoly animated movie. Coming soon. Oh Jesus! Please don't listen to this and get ideas. All right. So our first. Oh, so we had a we had a number. We had like. What like twenty two? Yeah, I think. Uh, films that we then had to you know narrow down to our eight, which we had a lot that had votes from one person and no votes from the other two, and yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah, so this this this. Uh, I'm excited to see where this. This goes. eight is going to be real interesting. Our first matchup in this category oh, no. is Spirited Away, uh, Miyazaki Ghibli. Joint Indeed. versus an American Tale. No, right? Not Five Goes West, but the original. <laughs> the Ridge. Um, I will go first. Uh, an American Tale was the first movie I saw in theaters, so I have a, it's got a 
place in my heart. I love somewhere out there in the James Horner music, rest in peace. But Spirited Away is an incredible, incredible film. It's incredible. Speaking of great villains, too. Mm, yep. Baba, I think is, is the villain's name. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spirited Away. Nathan? It is one of the greatest regrets of my life. That I have. <laughs> I'm going to lip sync for my life. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Um, I, have, <laughs> I have not seen Spirited Away. <gasps> Blasphemy. I know. And I know that I would love it. Well, I don't know that. But everyone tells me I would. You By everyone I mean I read things that tell me I would. Um, but... It's a little, this matchup is a little easier just because I love an American tale so much. It reminds me of daycare when I was younger, which I only, I only went to periodically because I had a, a wonderful stay at home mother who was also a substitute teacher. So it was only the days that she was called in to sub that I went to daycare but those were the days that I could watch movies that I hadn't otherwise seen like An American Tale was a huge one. Robin Hood was another one. Um, some of these like Disney movies, I mean this is not Disney but the other Disney movies that were from an era that I wasn't familiar with. So that nostalgia factor is huge for me and I love I love me some Fievel. Mm-hmm. For there are no cats in America. <laughs> It's so good. Release the cheese weapon. Cheese. And cheese. Where it all started. Where it all started. Uh, I also have a ton of nostalgia for an American tale. There are definitely multiple cassette tapes. (laughs) Oh yes. That have me recorded over whatever was originally on it, singing somewhere (laughs) out there. I wish we could play some for you now. I wish we could play your Maleficent speech and then... <laughs> followed by your Somewhere Followed by five-year-old Elizabeth singing Somewhere Out There. You'd go viral. Um, however, I saw an ex of mine was like super into the Miyazaki films and so we watched a bunch of them back to back. And first we watched Howl's Moving Castle, which I really loved and actually sort of reminded me of um, Beauty and the Beast in a strange mm. way because she's like mm-hmm. it's like a tormented male character yep. and a kind of ordinary woman who's bored with her life but she gets told to turn into the old woman mm-hmm. anyway and I really loved Howl's Moving Castle and then we watched Princess Mononoke or Monoko Mononoke Mononoke whatever sure which was really long. That's all I really remember about that one. I think I also got like the stomach flu during that one. So I remember watching <laughs> it with a bucket. Wow. Bucket <laughs> <laughs> mom. You guys are learning so much about me on this podcast. <laughs> um, and, but then we watched Spirited Away when I was healed. And I... By <laughs> <laughs> healed. It <laughs> is, I mean, both literally and just sort of as an experience otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I described transportive. Yeah. yeah, I described Snowpiercer last last summer as being a fever dream of a movie, and I feel like Spirited Away is kind of too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so beautiful and moving and strange, Switch. and 
engaging in a way too. You know, I've talked about with animated films, uh, or not animated films, but like with like summer blockbusters and stuff when it ends up being like one CG character versus another CG character, my mind zones out. And sometimes I have that with animated films that I don't always connect as much mm-hmm. or I'm not as drawn in because none of it is like real actors and real sets and feel like real world, but I didn't have that experience with Spirited Away. I was so transported into the world it created that it almost, when I think about that movie, doesn't feel animated, even though it's obviously animated. Um, so Spirited Away. Spirited Away is, and Nathan, you will add that to your to-watch list. It's been on my to-watch list for a good 10 years or however long it's been out, but yeah. All right. I'll put it on my priority list. Fine. <laughs> Next up in the non-Disney bracket, we have Chicken Run. Yay. Versus the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I can go Full first. Full stop motion. No. I did not understand the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I am a huge <laughs> fan of Roald Dahl until my dying day. I love all of his books. The Fantastic Mr. Fox included, but this movie, not so much. I didn't get it. Um, maybe I would get it now more, now that I've seen more Wes Anderson. Um, but Chicken Run is just so lovable, and it's so funny. Um, so, easily Chicken Run for me. I'll go next because I have a feeling I know which way, Matt, you're going to vote. Do you? Um, I know you. Alright. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I am a Wes Anderson apologist. I love him. I love his aesthetic. I love I love Meryl Streep's voice work in Fantastic Mr. Fox. I love George Clooney's voice work. I just loved that movie. I love, love, loved it. I don't remember Chicken Run. I think I've seen it. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. I can't remember. So, fantastic, Mr. Fox. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you probably know me. I'm going Chicken Run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not... I, I also love Wes Anderson, and I love a lot of aspects of Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I would love for Wes Anderson to do another animated or stop, stop motion, motion yeah. film. It did it, suit his style. It really did. Well, it's, it's so great. All of his movies are dioramas. Right. They're really visual yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just... I don't know. And they're, they are kind of similar. I don't know. I... I love the like great escape of Chicken Run, and it's this like classic tale, adventure, or not a kind of adventure. There's um, a great yeah. escape in Fantastic It's so Mr. easy to right. root That's for why the there's chickens, a... though. Like, <laughs> who's not going to root for the chickens? <laughs> the British chickens, which helps. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. No, like, I mean, if I watched it now, I might. Just I just, so... Yeah, it's this, that, that helps. The, the, I mean, the animation, the stop motion, and the British, like, wit, it... It all really works. I mean, you know I love Britishness, so if I watched it now, I might really love it, but whenever, when did it come out? 2000. Yeah, so I was, in high school, I probably just wasn't watching animated movies. All right. Well, that was a good matchup, though. All right, our next matchup is The Land Before Time, Dinosaurs versus Ogres, Shrek. Oh. 
Nathan, would you like to kick us off? Because you're just in the very... I would love to kick us off. Expressive um, face. <laughs> once again, a daycare special <laughs> was the land before time. I loved Littlefoot. I loved Sarah. I wanted oh, to be Sarah. I yeah. had Littlefoot as a stuffed animal. There was Petrie. Mm-hmm. It was just divine. Truly divine. Without being directed by John Waters. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, easily. Easily. The Land Before Time. I have a lot of nostalgia with Land Before Time. That movie, I... Watched it a lot. I was so sad when Littlefoot's mom died. Oh my god, yeah. tears. Much like more a, so than Bambi's mom. Speaking of Inside Out, we we were inspired to do the the animated wreck because we just saw Inside Out and just Littlefoot's Which, mom dying was like a core memory. Go see me. it. It's well worth your time and money. Yeah, Inside it's out. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Littlefoot's mom dying was a was a core memory. Um, and I remember that I was also one of your island. Yes, that's one Dead of my dinosaur mom. Dead Dinosaur Mom is one of my islands. <laughs> Dead Dinosaur Island. Um, <laughs> but I, I was I was living in Miami at the time that this movie came out, and I remember I think it was Pizza Hut was doing this deal. I don't I don't know what it was. You had to to order to get to get these Land Before Time. They were like puppet type things, but they were made out of plastic, and they were really kind of sketchy, and they smelled really weird. But I had like all of them. I had Petrie, I had Sarah, I had Littlefoot. They were amazing, and I kept bringing them to Pinewood Acres, my preschool in um, uh, in Miami. And some some kid like stole one of them. I think it was my Petrie. It was my favorite. How dare they? I know. I was so you sad. Kind of look like Petrie. Thank you. Take it as a compliment. It is. It is a compliment. Not. Uh, so yeah, I have a a lot of feelings for Land Before Time, and I'm shocked with myself. That I'm gonna vote for Shrek, oh which I think is God. incredibly overrated, and I just have a long-standing, long-running joke with my dad, who loves Shrek and thinks it's he he will continuously refer to it as the best movie ever made, which is a total joke on his part, but just because he knows it, it the movie kind of grates on me. But I, I, it is a great movie. Land Before Time is not really that great. There are some good characters. There's a lot of nostalgia mixed in for me. But Shrek is hilarious. It is, and it Nathan started like just this. Collapsed on the he has. Couch. Say what you will about it. It was crazy successful, and it has. It started. I mean, it basically built Dream, DreamWorks Animation sure. to where it is. I mean, it sort of faltered a little bit, but to where it is wow. now. Great, good for DreamWorks. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. No, but it's great. It's like the perfect. This is our non-Disney bracket, and that's such a perfect like anti-Disney. Like it's making fun of Disney World. It's it, and I the Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz are really great. Those are really great characters. That I wonder if I was a kid, I would probably love a lot of it and still love it growing up. Like it has the like toilet humor and like buddy just banter, but it's also a I don't know. It's got a good message too, and it's a really funny movie. I think it's it is true. better. Those than, are good points. I, I think it's better than the Land Before Time, but I feel I got lots of feels for Land Before Time. I hmm, I recall Land Before Time that I watched it quite a bit as a child, but as a very young child, like it wasn't one that I continued to watch 
when I was nine and ten. You know, I watched it when I was like five and six and yeah. seven. Um, I remember really liking it at the time. I remember thinking Sarah was a delightful sass pot at <laughs> Triceratops. Petrie was a real hoot. Oh, sure. Uh, but I couldn't, like, and I remember Littlefoot's mom dying and it being sad. I remember a lot more about that movie. But I'm transported to close to this time last year when we did our summer blockbuster bracket. And we got to talking about The Dark Knight, which I think is a terrific movie, which you may not think I do after the bracket, but I do. I think it's a terrific movie. But I expressed my concern that because of the success of that movie, now all summer movies refuse to have a sense of humor. And I feel the same way that Shrek kicked off this whole movement and animation and just comedy in general, that it all had to be so cynical and so hip and so like blah, 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 that it doesn't take itself seriously. And so then there's no room. That's why I think Pixar is so successful. Yeah. Because, for example, we just saw Inside Out. There's so many jokes that are aimed at adults, but it's aimed at smart adults. Not it doesn't like it undercut just, its characters or its themes. Or, right. Yeah. It's like not cheap jokes that only adults get the reference. It's like life experience or like plays on words that you get when you get older and just have more knowledge and experience in your life. But it doesn't undercut the sincerity and the message. Whereas Shrek is just all also just Shrek has a lot of toilet humor and I think toilet humor is the lowest common denominator. I do not find it funny in anything. A good toilet joke is one sure way for me to like check out of it. I think Shrek still has movie. heart though. And I, I, Maybe, I agree with your I points now... and I think it really kicked off Letter talk. something. I just want to get no, that in for I, Shrek because I, I think she's And I might because but... I haven't seen it in a long time. I haven't seen either of these in a long time, which is why I feel a little bit bad about voting them before time, but I just think the legacy of Shrek makes me vote against it. So That's an I think that's an. I'm glad that you like prefaced it that way because it's an interesting way to think about how we vote for these brackets. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, and I'm beside myself with shock that I went with Shrek because I am the first to dismiss that movie as a right. pile of garbage. Although I have to say, the moment with the like young bird chick thing that, like, <laughs> when she's singing and things goes again. Is one of the funniest moments I've seen on film. <laughs> not gonna lie. I think it might also just be that I was so turned off by the Shrek character, and not because I only like attractive gross characters. <laughs> it was just like I was already sort of over Mike Myers by that period. Yeah. And and a lot of his humor was like gross bodily humor, which I just don't across the board. Whether it's adult R-rated comedies or children's films and I just feel like it's I feel like it also undermines I feel like it was like witty pop culture joke for the adults to laugh at fart joke because kids think farts are funny like in both ways it's like selling what kids think is funny short and it sells what adults think is funny short Fair enough. you know what I mean it's like what are the stupidest things that people will laugh at but don't in any way engage like your brain fair enough but I also I like, I don't really, I think it's 
I don't really like the Shrek character either. Yeah. But I like a lot of the like I like Eddie Murphy as the donkey, and no, I, I love the, the like love interest for him is that female dragon. Like that's kind of cool. <laughs> no, and I actually I love, agree. That part is like absurd and weird and funny. I love John Lithgow as the, the the prince or the king and the gingerbread man and all the other like fairy tale characters that sort of pop up and yeah. they. Like, it's not just, like, aimed at adults, but it's aimed at, you know, knowing those classic stories, and this sort of turns it on its head. Right. And then they kind of keep going with that. I, I think Shrek 2 isn't that bad. I kind of liked Puss in Boots, like, once they introduced that character at work. I kind of liked that movie, which is kind of totally different. But. All right. Shockingly enough, I went with Shrek. But it doesn't matter. Land Before Time 1, what is our last non-Disney animated we matchup? We have... The Nightmare Before Christmas versus versus South Park Bigger no. Longer Yikes. and Uncut. Oh no! Oh, this is actually really heartbreaking to me. Wow, this kind of worked out well to have Chicken Run and Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then. Night Before Christmas. Super, and even the one before, Super Earnest versus... Right. We don't care about anything. Um, oh man, this is hard. I mean, this is totally like, it's partly nostalgia versus like, more grown-up Elizabeth taste. But I, speaking of Nora Beckenstein, our friend, one thing I, we bonded over was our love of Night Before. That movie to me is like every holiday. There's something so magical about that movie. The art, the art design is amazing on that. Like the art direction is incredible. Oh yeah, the costuming. I mean, it's very stylish. It's so stylish. Danny Elfman's music is terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love South Park, and it's an animated movie, it's not like I don't know. South Park almost seems like it falls out of category of what all of the rest of our movies have been and all of the brackets, which in one way could be like a point a for point it. For it. Yeah. But I think just in the mood that I'm in, because we've been talking about things from childhood, I'm going to go with Nightmare Before Christmas. Fair enough. I think South Park is hysterical. I love oh, I agree. that movie. Yeah. I love it so much, and i got to go with it. Fair enough. I definitely like Nightmare Before Christmas. I there was a lot of great great stuff going on there, but I enjoy watching South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut more. Fair enough. I have seen large chunks of each of these movies. I'm not entirely sure whether I've seen either of them all the way through, but I. I've never been a huge fan of South Park, and I think it's because they kind of, the whole premise is kind of a doubling down on, like, okay, we're going to be irreverent, and we have these characters and this aesthetic that's irreverent. Whereas, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas is a It's kind of a horror, nightmare kind of aesthetic, but it's animated. Right. So that's a a contrast that I think is much more interesting than watching something that's just... Like kids swear and rips off parts. Yeah, I don't know. Like, does that make sense? Like, 
South Park is like, you, it's all the way in one direction. Whereas, uh... And the animation theme seems almost, like, besides the point. Crude, yeah. Yeah, but, but the, but the crudeness almost matches the tone of the... Totally. The, For the sure. content yeah. too much. Like, it's, like, I get why it is that way, but it's less interesting because of it. Yeah. And so I think the Nightmare... I mean, I know the Nightmare Before Christmas is what I'm voting for, but I think that's why. That's an interesting... Yeah, I see that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tough. All right. It's a good matchup. That was a good matchup. Yeah. Let's narrow those four to two. We've got Spirited Away, Chicken Run, Land Before Time, and Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> that's so weird. It's such a, such a <laughs> mix. Uh, we have The Nightmare Before Christmas versus Spirited Away. Uh, no. Spirited Away it is for me. I have to say The Nightmare Before Christmas, because I've seen more of it than I have seen Spirited Away. It's not fair, but it is what it is. When we were ranking out of our 22 films... No joke, I, I can recall with perfect clarity that these were ranked one and two. Oh no. Wow. For me, and I had ranked... I mean, it's strange because they're both so like vivid in the world that they create, too. And very specific and very alien. I mean, I think that now it's a little hard because we've been so like... Tim Burton got really stuck in his shtick. Right. So watching Nightmare Before Christmas maybe now doesn't feel as fresh because then he just got stuck there. But at a time when I was, that movie came out in 93. Am I right in thinking um, that? Something like that. Yeah, so I was like eight or nine and I just remember being like, so I had never seen a world like that, especially not in a movie that was like a children's movie. And it was scary. Like it scared mm-hmm. me when I was young, but I also loved it and couldn't look away but then spirited away also has this like very vivid very otherworldly right i feel like spirited away it like captures what animated films are to me whereas well it's also hard because one is like an exercise in like the dichotomy of its subject and you know halloween versus christmas and darker but it's an animated film and it totally works as a piece of art, a Tim Burton creation. Though he didn't direct Henry Selleck or... Yeah. Henry, yeah. yeah, direct. But it's, it's still very much a Tim Burton art yeah. piece. Um, I mean, much like Spirited Away is a Studio Ghibli. Well, this is Miyazaki. also hard. This is also hard because it's, you know, it's this very specific sort of hand-drawn Japanese animation versus stop motion, which are mm-hmm. both animation, but both, both in execution and aesthetic are like very different yep so it's hard to sort of evaluate them in comparison because i think both are sort of like the top of their respected category category and technique i mean this is i'm gonna go with what i ranked them when i was ranking them before and i think it's just because when i think animation ultimately go with childhood so for me, it's Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Only be, even though I think Spirited Away is, has, is the more interesting movie and has more to say, I just... Nightmare Before Christmas has been with me for like 20 years now. Which brief shout-outs for me for uh, The Iron Giant and How to Train Your Dragon, which neither <laughs> made it via these Yahoo's list, so they didn't even make the top eight, and that just bums me out. And shout out for the Page Master, which ultimately didn't make any of our top <laughs> eights, but I loved the Page Master as a kid. Anyway. And, and speaking of which, shout out for Fern Gully, the which is the greatest Gully. environmentalist film of our times. You probably <laughs> saw its remake, Avatar. Yep, 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 yep. Alright, our final matchup. Well, not really all, but <laughs> the other matchup in our final four, <laughs> Chicken Run versus The Land Before Time. Oh, boy. Oh. I mean, for I... me, this is my garbage versus refuse. Oh. I, which is not, I'm, I don't remember Chicken, I really don't remember either of them, so... So I bet you're going land before time? No, I'm actually going to let you guys vote. Well, I'm going chicken run. Though my childhood self would probably go land before time. but I'm going to make it easy for Brizzy and say chicken run. Because the same, I think the same thing. I think chicken run stands out more as a better movie. Land mm -hmm. Before Time might be more nostalgic, but... Yeah. Yeah. Though I probably need to see it again. Which is interesting that time. now our final two in the non-Disney end up being oh. stop animation. Or, yeah. oh, well, claymation. 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 Yeah. Stop, stop motion. Nightmare Before Christmas or Chicken Run? I mean, for me, it's obvious I don't really remember Chicken Run and Nightmare Before Christmas is, like... Tip top for me. Yeah, so. and for me, I haven't seen necessarily all of the Nightmare Before, Nightmare Before Christmas, but even if I had, I certainly would like Chicken Run more. So, that's my vote. Ah, uh, this is tough, um, and I would love to go back and see my ballot to see where <laughs> either of these, these ranked, but um, I think they're both really good, complete. Visions, I love that our non-Disney came down to this. They were not my top two, but I'm going to go with The Nightmare Before Christmas as our non-Disney winner. I do appreciate that with both of them, though. They were very, like, we didn't end up getting sort of, like, Disney knockoff. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yep. Although, speaking of sort of a Disney knockoff, I would Anastasia. like to... Yes. Special shout out to Anastasia, which is a movie I unabashedly love. And I'm Anastasia. <laughs> it's Meg Ryan doing the voice. Pretty sure she doesn't ever say. No, that's like the only thing I remember. Is there like auditioning people at some, or women at yeah. some point to be in it? And someone yeah. comes in and they have a it's super Bernadette deep voice. Peters. Is it? Is the old lady auditioning. Okay, like I don't know. All she says is, I'm Anastasia. That's clearly not. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so The Nightmare Report Christmas wins our non-Disney bracket. Beauty and the Beast wins our Disney Renaissance. Let us, oh, and just to, to recap before that, in part one, we had Finding Nemo win our Pixar bracket. 
and 101 Dalmatians win our classic Disney bracket. Let's oh, briefly secret ballot it, like secret we did with ballot. our favorite actress uh, showdown, and uh, rank the four and see what Cinedrunk's favorite animated feature of all time is. We'll be back in just a second. And we're back post-secret ballot. I'm sure you missed us and are waiting with bated breath to hear what our number one animated feature is. <clears throat> in fourth place with our participation medal. Thanks for playing. <laughs> you get a, a ribbon. Uh, just a white ribbon. Surrender now. Uh, is The Nightmare Before Christmas. I was outvoted. You were. In third place, our bronze medal. Yes, our, our bronze medalist is 101 Dalmatians. Rup, rup. So many dogs, but they could only take it a third place. <laughs> only. Sorry, doggies. <laughs> our runner-up, which is very important because in the event that the <laughs> winner cannot fulfill her duties, the runner-up... His or her... Her. <laughs> I know, but let's not give away the... Will... I don't know. <laughs> Will take over the crown by force. Uh, the cheese crown. <laughs> number two is Finding Nemo. Mm -hmm. Which won our Pixar bracket, meaning our favorite animated film of all time in of the history all. of cinema is Beauty and the Beast, a tale as old as time. As old as time. And you know what? Angela Lansbury alone de deserves it's true. the award. Yeah, it's true. I think it's a worthy winner. And I, I hope she comes to accept it. <laughs> I hope she does. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> uh, next week uh, we're going to be recording a podcast, and she has agreed to fly out. <laughs> the Cinemunch abode. Now we're just openly lying. Straight up lying. <laughs> I mean, if we lose trust with our listeners, what else do we have? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, which I, I would also which like I to say, in, I think in the first time in the history of the Cinedrunk bracket competitions, our number one was unanimous. It was. Our secret ballot resulted in all three of us all having the same... It wasn't, I will say, it wasn't necessarily my number one of all of the But of our top four. Competitors, of but of the top four, it was four bracket clearly winners. for me the number one. Which may be just like the Disney Renaissance, like that era was... Whatever the movie's perfect, let's not was, talk was anymore about it. But I it's love, also, it's a worthy winner. Yeah. It is, for yeah. sure. And I love that these brackets are, we intentionally make them so random, they could go any number of ways. Yeah. We could do the entire thing again with the same eight, and just because we're pulling them randomly, these matchups, yeah. which are just a fun way to discuss these movies that we love to begin with, would Although result I still in something think, totally I different. I still think Beauty and the Beast yeah. probably would have won its Disney Renaissance. Yeah, and I still think whatever won that category probably might might have won. Yeah. The I whole mean, shebang. If instead of Owl's Brew we were drinking like ayahuasca or peyote, <laughs> who knows what could have won? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so there you have it. Beauty and the Beast, our favorite animated film of all time. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll, we'll catch you later. We'll See you next time. We'll drink you later. <laughs> Cheerio.